Hi, I'm Dana Blizzard, and it's too early in the morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather drawer? Good morning! Uppy, uppy. Uppy, everybody. Good morning, gorgeous Dina. I'm Angela Geyer from California. I would have made this video for you a long time ago, but I've been so busy making homemade crackers. Sorry, Michelle, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. I had to say something. But I was making homemade crackers so I could be so sophisticated. Hi, Jurgen. Hi, Wham. Love you, boys. But on a serious note, I'd like to thank Dina for bringing uh, so much joy and laughter each and every morning to myself and to so many others. And I would like to wish Dina, Lady Die, Mom to all of us, your lovely children, and of course the OFM staff, a happy holiday. And here's your host, the lovely Dina Blizzard. Angela, of all the days for you to come on and be so funny and talk about crackers and how beautiful I am. I think it's ironic since, A, I want to punch Michelle in the face and um, I would love to have crackers. And um, I have last night's face on. And there's Michelle in her jammies, in her leopard pajamas. And I just want to say, I want to apologize to everyone who lives on the West Coast. Because <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> today, today is a different kind of show. Today is a show where we ponder life choices. Somebody got some jet, jet lag, you think? Now here's what's, have you gone to bed? No. Just so you know, I have. This was me with some sleep. <laughs> Melissa's like, good morning. I want to punch everyone today. Yeah, so do I. And you know what her name is? You know what everyone's face name is today? Michelle. Can you have whey protein? What? Can you have whey protein? I don't know. I, I don't think now's the time to question things that I can eat. Because, uh-huh. Okay. Like crack jackets? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Roasted peanuts, soy protein isolate, chicory root. Does it say gluten-free on Semi-sweet chocolate chips, vegetable yeah, oil. Yeah, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Bob, I think I'm still asleep. I don't even know why you'd think oh, I was awake. Michelle won't let me go to Starbucks. That's not true. Okay. Am I at Starbucks? <laughs> I don't know. I think the proof is in the pudding. Where's Dean? Dina wants to go to Starbucks. Check. Is Dina at Starbucks? Oh. Starbucks Did somebody stop her from going to Starbucks? Yep. Starbucks is not open yet. Jesus. Because it's true, I call. <laughs> okay. Why do you want to punch Michelle? Well, Carol, let's let that unfold. So <laughs> here's Aunt Survivor. Dean partied hard. Dina partied hard. Just so you know, I didn't party even medium or easy. 
we actually just lived a regular life. <laughs> this is what people. regular life and staying up late looks like. <laughs> you helped other people. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> you tell everybody about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Vegas, the city that never sleeps unless it's tired and it's 51 and it's had a long night. And then sometimes it should sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank goodness Michelle's not naked. We can see her reflection in the window. Oh. Yeah. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Some people are like, oh my gosh, Dina, you're so crazy. You in Vegas. I didn't know I was going to be in Vegas. This is what we call a surprise trip. So Michelle asked me to come to Vegas with her. There was a change in schedule. And on Monday, she was like, you want to go to Vegas? And I was like, you're funny. And here we are. And, um, yeah, I, have to, I just have to say, welcome to our reality here in Seattle. Kaylin, I would unfollow me, is what I would do. <laughs> and I'd probably have a lot of negative things to say to me, and I'm fine with it today. Mm-hmm. So Michelle invites me to Vegas. I say, yes, I would love to go to Vegas, because I don't understand time math. And then... I said, well, if I'm coming out to Vegas, I might as well book some um, some guest spots at some clubs. So I did. And that was the problem. So let's start from the beginning. So Michelle says, come to Vegas. I say, okay. Yesterday, she says, on the way to the airport, Get, we're about to get dropped off at the airport. At the Philadelphia airport, you come down this one road, 95, and then there's one big turn you make, like a, like a ramp you take, that brings you to the drop-off point. So um, we're coming around this curve, and she says, oh, my gosh, the funniest story. I love funny stories. Tell me a funny story. She goes, oh my gosh, did I ever tell you the time that I almost got arrested at the airport? That's not funny. That's what I recollect. That I almost got arrested for cocaine. That's not what I said. That's what I think that she said. That is not what I said. She said, do you, Dina, funny story. Did I ever tell you I almost got arrested one time for cocaine? And I said, huh? she goes, by the way, I have a jacket I want to give you. That's not what I said. I said at the airport, first of all, and I did not say that. Yeah, that's what I just said. there was a bag. You said, did I ever tell you the time that I almost got arrested for cocaine? What did you say? Tell me what's different. Did I tell you the cocaine story at the airport? No. Yes. Okay. All right. You know what? That's fine. I'll accept that. Still upsetting. Did I ever tell you the time that I almost got arrested for cocaine? (laughs) Say it again. Because I packed tell, out. Tell me what this, what you just said again, one more time. Did I it's tell gonna... you about the cocaine story in the airport? Okay, let's just 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 roll out with that. Miss is like same story. Okay, did I ever tell you the cocaine story in the airport? Are you gonna get a flag for that? I don't know. It's your cocaine story at the no. airport. I very rarely say cocaine at the airport, or <laughs> let me say cocaine anything. So I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. She says, did I ever tell you the cocaine story at the airport? So I was like, hmm. And then she says, by the way, there's a jacket I want to give you. And then I said, (laughs) does this jacket have cocaine in it? It just was a, it was just an interesting 
melding of two sentences that just seemed slightly related. And I was about to go through security. And I just thought, now's an odd time to bring up cocaine at the airport. So, and then she goes, by the way, I want to give you something. Now, listen, I have seen, what was that movie? Remember the movie with the two girls and, 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 and they are in another country and they did something. I think they were, somebody gave them a package. You should never take a package yeah. from anybody right before you go to the airport. Here's Which Michelle. Let's ever tell you the cocaine story at the airport. By the way, I want to give you something. I was like, I'm not that smart, but I have watched a lot of movies and a lot of CSI. And I am almost positive I shouldn't take the check. She's like, let me give you the check. Broke down palace. Thank you, Leslie. Even Leslie, trying to go through a difficult situation health-wise, knows don't take a jacket from somebody who says, did I ever tell you my cocaine story? Take this jacket. I don't think I would. So she gives me a jacket. And now it looks like I'm in Vegas. I am in jail. Very fancy. So that's how our trip started. And... Somebody just said Bridget Jones. That's not, that is not the, the, the basic, the plot line of Bridget Jones. I've seen Bridget Jones. I don't remember this part. So that's how yesterday started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brenda, if you've never given me stars, now's the time. And give me the stars. I don't know if you can name the stars, but just name them. Cocaine jacket. I I said crack jacket. I said I don't think I want your crack jacket uh, because that's wrong. So we got here, and um, I have this guest spot last night at this club. So I'm getting ready, and Michelle says, "Are you going to wear the jacket I brought for you that I'm giving to you?" And I was like, "Crack jacket," and she said, "I think you should wear it. It's such." A cute jacket. Oh, I was going to say, bring me the jacket. It's right here. I had to lay it over the window because there's whistling. It's a long story. (laughs) Nothing nothing I'm saying makes sense at all. This is going to be a great show. You're getting them in Vegas and this is where you wanted to be. Just come out here. I have a jacket for you. Okay. So Michelle says last night, Dina, why don't you wear your jacket? What in the world did I just walk into? Oh, here we go. Mandy, this is so cold. The window was making a whistling sound because it's so windy here. It was like, so I put this on the window to stop it, which it did. Now it's freezing. Anyway, Michelle says, are you going to wear the jacket I gave you? I said, crack jacket? No, I don't think so. She goes, Dina, it's such a cute jacket. I was like, filled with cocaine. So I said, fine, I'll put your jacket on. It's a cute jacket. I'm not going to lie. Fine. So I said, all right. Now I had a different shirt on. What color is the shirt you had on, Dina? I'm going to tell you. It's a great shirt. And I look great in the shirt. It's a green shirt. I said, all right, well, it's a green shirt. I should be able to wear this jacket. She goes, oh, here's Michelle. Real nonchalant. Not. Oh, I was thinking maybe you could not wear the green shirt. What? She goes, um, 
here's my hand. It's just, um, maybe we could get rid of that shirt. I was like, what are you talking about? Michelle, give me the green shirt. Because I'm sure that no one will even recognize that oh, shirt. Oh, can we just pull up pictures? I can show people pictures. That would be more fun. Um, let me, let me show you the pictures. Oh, you can want to I have the shirt? shirt. And then I can tell you the so story. So here's the shirt I had on. Look how cute it is. That is a cute shirt. Cute color. That would look great on you, Dina. And I said, um, okay, I think it would be super cute. And she said, yeah, it's just that you've worn that shirt 700 times. And I was like, Michelle, I barely wear this shirt. She's like, I can think of at least seven occasions. Let me tell you about each of them. On one occasion, you wore it to this event. On another occasion, you wore it. I go, okay, whatever, Michelle. Not important. I think what's important is that I look nice in this shirt. And I, I, number one, I look nice in the shirt. And B, I don't care. It's clean, kind of. And I'll just wear the shirt. And she was like, well, why would you wear it when I can give you this jacket with a different shirt? I said, let me just get this straight. Did you give me a crack jacket because you were being nice, which is a weird sentence, or were you just doing some type of weird exchange program where you're like, I know, I know a way to get her to give me that green shirt. Let me give her my crack jacket. And maybe we can be like, you know what? Let me, I thought this would look great on you. And you know, it looked great on me, a green shirt. Did you wear the green shirt last no, night? No, I did not. See, you thought you were going to get the joke and that there's no joke there. Just so you know, I'm currently wearing your crack nice. jacket. There are so many jokes. Can you stand up and show them how cute it is? It's adorable. It's adorable. So, oh, no TikTok this morning, Alejandra. I'm sorry. Michelle set up the studio. That's Here's Michelle. Oh my gosh, Dina. The lighting that I just set up for you. It's Beautiful. Looks amazing. You should wear your crack jacket. And I was like, uh, A, I'm going to do the show from my bed. No lighting. Why is Michelle your friend? You know, Amy, let's let's oh. talk about that. Let's talk about it. Well, yeah, she tried to get me arrested with this light. crack jacket. And, uh, mm-hmm. You portrayed me in such a horrible light. Michelle's real aggressive this morning. I am not I aggressive this morning. You're making me. Thank goodness we have a guest today who could maybe do an intervention. Now he thinks he's here to talk about productivity, and I think we should open with friendship. <laughs> he was like, I don't have any friends that have ever given me a crack jacket or mentioned crack right before we go through the airport security terminal. So I don't know what to tell you, Dina. I can think of productive ways to get rid of said friend. Just so you know, he's in the green room right now going, I didn't prepare for any of this is not at all what was in the pre-interview. <laughs> you know what, Curly Top? It is what friends are for. And here's what I'm going to say. All of my friends hate my hair, and all of them mention it. And a lot of people think that's rude. But I would rather have friends that tell me one time. More than once is a lot. Okay, I wasn't looking at any. I wasn't even looking at you. I told you and once because I love you, and I gave you a jacket and, and took the green shirt and gave you a jacket. jacket. You look amazing in that jacket. But that's what your friends should do. Well, Did you cover your hair for your set, Alice? It's so funny you say that. So I 
was planning on covering my hair for some like work events if I have to. Uh, so if you don't know, I'm growing this gray out. And it's way past the point where like I should have done it already, right? But I'm going to grow it out fine. Well, I get to the club last night and there's four comics there, four, four fellas in the room. And very nice. They were so lovely. And um, I'm sitting there and I, I've realized that I don't, unless I'm staring in a mirror or like looking at myself, I don't even notice it. So I forget. But then I remember that other people can see me. And then I remember, you're not supposed to look like this. So I find myself, especially for like work stuff. So it was like real quiet in the room. I go, uh, fellas, I do feel important to mention that I know that. In your face. I have a face I'd like to keep. Can you just open it with your face? Sure. Um, I said, I just, I just want you guys to know that um, I know that uh, my grays should have been covered a long time ago, uh, but I'm actually growing it out. I don't want you to be like, this girl knew she was coming to Vegas. She got a crack jacket on and her hair is real nasty. Like I know, but I didn't want you to think I didn't know. I know that you know that I should have gotten it done, but I want you to know that I know that I'm doing it. And now my sister says, I think it's funny that people that I know that know I have a job from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Eastern are just like, you know when I should text Dana? 8.31. So this is great. Mm -hmm. The guys didn't notice. No, the, you know what? It's so funny you say that, Shikendra, because I was like, I don't even think they're going to notice. They were like, girl, thank you. <laughs> it's just like, at some point, the gray is going to be here. And no, and, go, and people are just going to be like, this. Uh -huh. like that. It'll be uncomfortable. So I think I have to practice that. Until I guess eventually it's just completely grown out. And then you can't really say that anymore. I'll just have white hair. And I'll be like, so guys, I know it looks like I should have covered my gray. So they'll be like, your whole head is gray. Yeah. Before we get started, I'd like to show a picture. Sure, Michelle. Let's okay. do that. That's that's not me in a green shirt. That's you that was me preparing outfit. for the show. That's you in the outfit. That okay. And just so you know, that's a down. grainy photo. You took this photo. Why is it grainy? But it we were still sober at that point. It doesn't look at that fabulous. Michelle, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot wrong with it. Let's go through this picture. A, why is I standing like this? I have no idea. Michelle said, let's take some pictures. <laughs> this was the pose. that This is my first pose. Okay. Number one. Number two, it's grainy. Why? Viola, I have no idea. Because if somebody says, we're going to do a photo shoot, I'm so awkward and I hate them. I was like, let's do this. Third, your job was to push a button and it's grainy. Four, why is that? I think you I think you knocked all my stuff off of the bathroom <laughs> thing. I, I got ready and it would look nice in that bathroom. And then Michelle got ready. And when I came in, all my crap was on the floor. That's not true. Okay. All right. So we're going to take this away to the guest. I thought you were going to show pictures of me in the green shirt. We will do that later. You said, I have so many pictures of you in the green shirt. And then you put a picture of me not in a green shirt. Did you get my email? You, made that email. you sent me? <laughs> I sent you email. Sure. Let's get to it. I just want you to. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. I apologize for any inconvenience this morning because Dina is a little unteed and unlemonade. -ed. Thank you. I need a vase is what I need. She does need a vase. And to be honest, 
think that, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not awake either. I called Starbucks at 5.30 to see if they were open because I was going to run down and get her Starbucks and they're not open until six. You know what I heard her say? Can you guys stay close till six o'clock? That's not true. There's, there's a girl in a crack jacket that's trying to get a tea. Plenty of so nourishment here. None so of that that's she's, good. It's all gluten-free and it's okay. all delicious. Let's talk about these. Okay. Graham is like, am Let's I going to work out today? Now. You are, what? Graham. Why she don't... gives me these on the plane. Okay, I got a picture. Give me the picture. Give me, the, give me my phone. Here, I have a picture. Here's Michelle yesterday on the plane. She goes, now don't worry. I brought plenty of snacks for us for I this did. flight. And then right before she goes, by the way, I left the snacks at home. No, it's because not I what couldn't I said. fit That's them in my not. bag because I have crack jacket. Okay. Anyway, I just want to interject one thing. No. When I was packing, my electricity I went off. Remember so I packed in battery operated candlelight. So I'm just lucky to be here. Michelle, this is Graham's show, and I'd like you to I know. Away. We have to get Grandma. Okay. Grandma, has Grandma wants to see this picture of what you did on the plane. And then we're going to go to Graham. Graham's like, I don't know. I don't think we should go to me. I've been watching, and this is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I don't even think I want to be on this show. <laughs> okay, here's what happened. She says, I have some gluten-free snacks for you. I said, okay. She goes, do you want some brownies? Oh, I love brownies. I didn't say that. You said something. I think you said you want something good. And I said, yes. And then she brought this out. And I was like, mm. just because that's the word good and it doesn't. They're whatever. delicious. Well, we're not going to get that sponsored. Either way. <laughs> These, this particular thing isn't good. Made good is good if you get the balls. And they're she's like, please stop saying good. balls on the flight. I was like, Michelle, you can say the word balls without it being negative. Okay. I think you're the one with the problem. Because then I said balls on a stick. This is so out of context. I said balls on a stick. (laughs) She was like, are you trying to say topiary? I was like, same word. If you were sitting anywhere near us in this fight, you had a great time. Anyway, she says, do you want these? I'll give them to you. And I said, yes. So I started to open. Let me show you what I did. I said, sure. I'll eat this. Fine. So I opened it up, minding my own business. And I said, great. She goes, hold on. You're not going to eat that, are you? That's not what I said. And I was like, is this a trick? She goes, true. you're not going to use your hands, are you? I was like, that's how I've been eating for, I don't know, 51 years. She goes, Dina, you're on an airplane. Don't use your hands. I was like, why would you give me a snack and then tell me not to use my hands? She goes, Dina. Your hands are dirty, and I didn't bring my Lysol thing, and I don't know where it is, so you can't use your hands. This is new. <laughs> this is me. On the flight, so I was like, "This is so. This is this is a series of pictures of me." Oh, wrong way. And Michelle was like, "I don't look good in that picture." Hold on. Now Michelle starts modeling. Okay. <laughs> This is the 17 pictures I took of us. <laughs> Michelle's like, I don't like that one. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> In every picture, I look crazy. I'm trying to actually eat something because I was starving. And she's like this. I think everything... Kay, it's so funny. Michelle reminds me of your mom. Kay just said it. And I said, you realize that you are Diana reincarnated. I said, you know that. And she was like, I'm nothing like your mom. 
That is exactly what Diana does. I know, but I bring snacks. And then she doesn't let you use your hands. She makes no-touch chicken. You brought a no-touch snack. All right. We need to check, check your email, and then we need to go to Graham. Oh, right. It's a no-touch guest. I'm not allowed to touch Graham. Graham's like, that's a shame. Okay. Here he was opening us up for So, yeah, let's pretend that we're a real show. Graham is like, I don't even... I should have done some research on this show. <laughs> Save to downloads? My, my computer is doing this. In the meantime, I will tell you the topiary story. Dina says, yes, they're, you know, outside of the door in the front. You know how I was you have those, the house. you have those big things or like big pots and there's like a stick with a ball in front. And I'm like, that was pretty accurate, Michelle. Topiary? That's how all the designers yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it. You've never watched HGTV. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, now listen, we need two real strong, just like things on either side of the door. They're like, let's get some balls on a stick. You've never heard that. And then she tells me about shopping for you them. And she's like, and some of them had two. I'm like, two sticks or two, I said the two balls st- on a stick. Thank yeah. you. And even three. Toby. Okay. Go ahead. Go right, ahead. Go. go to Amazon and Google okay. balls on a stick. <laughs> I don't even know. Let me just do it. What happens? I bet it comes up as topiary. Okay, let's do it. I, I, Graham's like, I'm interested. Graham is actually like, let's Google balls on a stick in Amazon and see if a topiary comes up. Okay, well, I'm not showing anybody. And and Amazon's like. (laughs) See, exactly. I don't even know what you're looking at, but Les, we need to go to Graham. We need to go to Graham. I don't even want to know what's coming. <laughs> Graham's like, tell me. I warned tell you. me. I warned you. Let's just leave. <laughs> I told you not to do it. <laughs> oh, that is so hot. <laughs> okay. I want I'm to apologize so to Graham before we bring you on. Hold on. Sincere apologies, Graham. <laughs> okay, Michelle, just ruining the show. Okay, shut up. All right, I didn't even hit search. I just, I'm in Amazon and I put balls on a stick. And here's what the sub search came up with <clears throat> balls on a stick yard, globbles, sticky balls, <laughs> balls on a stick, catnip balls that stick on a wall, sticky balls. <laughs> Sticky balls for ceiling, sticky balls for kids, dream balls, glow in the dark that stick, glow balls that stick to the ceiling, glow in the dark, sticky balls. That Just so we're clear, that is so much more than I thought was going to come up in the search. Let's go to ball, balls on a stick. Michelle, it's got to be, <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you something, not a topiary. <laughs> so you know what? Sometimes, you know what? The Lord wants us to just... See where things land. We did. And that was the funniest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I need a best friend like Michelle. Do you want her? I can give her to you. <laughs> I have an extra. So uh, happy. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, I'm Googling it myself. Okay. Let's focus. Guys, let's pretend we're a real show. Krim's like, why? <laughs> I think we left that. That train left a long time ago. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Fix yourself. How long have you and Michelle been, Michelle been friends? Including today? Because it's over. <laughs> so 
It was 25 years. No, it's more than that. Is it? It's How old are we? No, it's not. Yeah. <gasps> How old are we? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized. Oh, my God. Wait, we met. I was 20. No, we I, were like 19. I was 19. 19, 20, yeah. Oh, we were so cute. No, we were definitely 19. All right, let's focus. All right, get it together. Okay. All right, here we go. We're going to All right. <clears throat> All right. Welcome to One Funny Morning. Crim's <laughs> like, okay, pretending isn't going to help. All right, you guys are going to love our guest today. Graham Alcott is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and podcaster. He's the author of four books, including Balls on a Stick, uh, How to Be a Productivity Ninja, the host of Beyond Busy, uh, which is a podcast which explores the issues of productivity, work-life balance, and how people define happiness in their lives. He is the founder of Think Productive, one of the world's leading providers of personal productivity training and consultancy with offices in the UK, US, Canada, Australia, and the Netherlands, with a mission to revolutionize stuffy time management courses, Think Productive launched in um, April of 2019 and has earned rave reviews from the likes of British Airways, the Cabinet Office, eBay, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Barclays Commerce Bank for its practical at-desk coaching approach. Away from productivity, Graham has a big passion for the charity sector. He is the co-founder of Interval, an international student volunteer volunteering charity. His previous roles include executive chief executive of student volunteering England, head of volunteering at the University of Birmingham, and an advisor to the UK government on youth volunteering policy. Um, so here's what I know. He's better than all of us. And the fact that somebody with that kind of credentials has been waiting in the wings while we talk about a crack jacket uh, means that he's awesome already. So please help me welcome to the show, Graham. Hi, Jim. Hi. Um, I imagine you have some questions. <laughs> uh, so my first question is, how do I get a crack jacket? <laughs> Can you send one over over to England? Yeah, you mail? have to meet her at an airport. Um, you have to be ready to go to jail. And that's <laughs> it. So, Graham, I love your voice and your accent. It's so fabulous. <laughs> exactly what I needed today. Where are you joining us from? I, my accent is the embodiment of balls on a stick. <laughs> I love Graham already. <laughs> Uh, so I am in uh, today. I can say it's sunny Brighton. So Brighton is on the south coast, like an hour south of London. Uh, if you've seen the film Quadrophenia, which is like the film about the mods and the rockers, that's where it was set. So the that's what? where I'm. The mods. And uh, the rockers? What's that? Do you know the Who? Did did the Who make it big? And yeah, that's a big band in America, right? So they made a film called Quadrophenia, which is all about the mods and the rockers in the 1960s having fights. Um, What's a mod? Yeah, I was thinking, like, you're looking at me a bit uh, like me. So mods used to wear, like, tailored suits, and they used to drive little Vespa scooters. And then the rockers used to wear, like, leather jackets, and they used to drive big Harley Davidsons, and then they used to fight. Um, That was, like, a thing in the 60s in England. Do you know what the Crips and the Bloods are? I'd imagine it's similar. Is that, like, uh, is that West Side Story or something? It is! Crips! So good! I've never seen West Side Story, but I just know that bit. Then who are the Crips and the Bloods? The Bloods are gangs in like LA. 
Okay, close enough. <laughs> West Side Story, LA, whatever, whatever. It's the same, whatever. I don't know that anything I'm going to say is going to be accurate. I want you to know, Graham, normally I'm a lovely person, but I had about four hours sleep. And so I don't know what I'm saying is making any any sense whatsoever, but uh, but we're super excited to have you. <laughs> Somebody said, no, those are the jokes and the sharks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. Anyway, so... You're, how does one decide I am going to be a productivity expert? Like, how does that get started? Fill me in. Did he freeze? No. How does he still look up frozen? Because when I'm here, here's me frozen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But some reason Graham just looks all manly. How is that? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to remove him. Why? Let's just sit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole thing is frozen. Yeah, the whole thing. What? Oh, something. Mm-hmm. I know. Are we still streaming? All right. Let me remove him for a second and maybe that'll shake things up. No, you're, you're good. I'm good. I'm still live. Um, yeah, we're not frozen. All right. So maybe some of his feet. So he's going to try again. Hold on. Steak, Diane, you've missed a lot if you just got here. Oh, here he is. He's coming in again. All right. Here he is. Okay. I'm going to kick him out of this one and then start this one. All right. Graham, you're back. There we go. That's so funny that I was, the connection was perfect for all of that. Oh, uh, I know. Um, So where did we get to? So you were just asking me about how I got into productivity and then did it cut out then? Okay, so how I got into it was realizing I was rubbish at productivity and solving it for me. And then I started to talk to friends of mine saying, hey, I've just got this new thing with my emails where my inbox is at zero and like I'm using to do lists like this and I'm doing this. And and I thought I was the last. It turned out that everybody else needed it, too. So it started, it just came about by accident, really. And um, once I fixed me, then everybody else wanted me to fix them. And then it just became this obvious thing of this light bulb moment of like, well, I should probably take this out and sort of share this with the world. So I kind of, I did a lot of research and I read a lot of books about productivity and then figured out my own systems. And that's really, so my main book is How to Be a Productivity Ninja. That's the main book. And what this book is, is like, that came out right after balls on a stick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that book really is like my instruction manual for like how I do productivity. And it sort of describes the nine characteristics of the productivity ninja. So nine like different approaches that you can take to productivity, different ways to think about it. And the idea is to get everything out of your head, get it off your mind, get a, a sense of control over what you're doing. And then you can do your work really well in the hours that you want to do it and then leave on time and not think about work for the rest of the time. So for me being good. You're saying the total opposite of everything that I think about productivity. So (laughs) you just said is you feel like you have control over things. And I'm at a place in my life, Graham, where I feel like I have zero control over anything and I'm just managing chaos. Is that how normal people feel? That's how I feel. Uh, that's a very default setting and particularly when people have busy jobs lots of emails bosses that want to contact them outside of normal working hours all of that stuff yeah. right like it it's very easy for people to be 
in like perpetual chaos the whole time. Yeah. Um, but basically what I'm interested in is helping people to get away from that and into a place that just feels psychologically just much more freeing and satisfying and calm. So that's really what the whole approach is about. So you can use that approach to, to work like super hard and get loads of stuff done. But what I'm also really interested in is, you know, getting like optimizing your performance in the time that you're at work, but also being really productive in your home life and in your relaxation, like productivity can mean so many different things. And actually like just living a really good life is as important, I think, as, you know, being really good in the the working hours that you have. So, so it's funny that you mentioned about like when, when work is done, then you're done. I have never been good at it, but I, I wonder too, like if you have a nine to five job that feels easier, like I'm, I'm a nurse. Yeah go and this is my shift but like do you find it harder when you're an entrepreneur like I don't ever feel like I'm off but I also don't ever feel like I'm working because I like my job and I'm today I feel like I'm working because it's 5 30 in the morning but uh in normal life I don't but I do feel like I find myself uh, with people in my life I'm like listen I don't work often so when something comes in I have to deal with it is that the right way to do it or am I supposed to have these am I supposed to have boundaries is what I'm saying <laughs> well boundaries is really interesting isn't it because for a lot of people so you mentioned you know I'm an entrepreneur like I have a, a business that I run and we have different offices around the, around the world and stuff so theoretically there's always something happening there's always something to do mm-hmm. so uh, it's really difficult to feel like you can be off if you're so used to a way of working where nothing's ever finished and yeah. and where if you tr- if you treat your success measure as have I ticked everything off the list, then you will always be working because you can never tick everything off the list. But that's what right. women live for. Listen, Graham, I'll wake up and I'll be like, here's all that I'm going to do this. And, and I have to tell you there because people say make a list and then yeah. when you're done your list, you can scratch it off. Do you know how much joy women get? i'll already do something i'll put it on the list just so i can be like and done not just women i mean i i have exactly the same thing but the point is there there will always still be more to do so you can tick everything off your list but there's still another list that you haven't written so you have to you have to stop thinking i will stop when work stops or i will stop when everything's done because that's just not feasible so you so your starting point has to be what do I want to achieve today? And also what is my boundary? Like, where do I want to, where do I want to finish up today? Like what time do I want to leave? Like you have kind of have to have those kind of things in place. So despite the fact that I could be getting messages all day or all night, um, I've worked a four day working week for well over 10 years, probably like 12 years. And so I work Monday to Thursday. My weekend is Friday morning through to Sunday night Mm -hmm. and Friday morning to Sunday night. I do not check emails. I don't do any work like I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I've done work on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday in the last 10 years. Like, so I think and I think that's really important for for a couple of reasons. Like, firstly, it allows you more space in the rest of your life, which is just inherently a good thing. Um, But a lot of people aren't willing to take that step or be that boundary because they think, hey, my boss is going to be annoyed with me or like, you know, this needs to happen or that needs to happen. And the other way to think about it is resting really well on a weekend and particularly resting really, really well on evenings or on a on a three day weekend like I have 
it means that when I get back on Monday, I'm like super productive. So I look at my rest time and my downtime as an investment in my productivity. Mm. So if, if you feel guilty about taking time away, if you think about it like that, it becomes an easier sort of bargain that you can make with yourself. I think so much of productivity is, is ultimately about fear and guilt. People have these very like future and past emotions about productivity and we beat ourselves up and we kind of get in our own way and lots of our own thinking stops us from being productive. That's what procrastination is. But like ultimately like trying to reframe that if, if you feel guilty about it or if you're worried about taking time away, if you re reframe it as this is an, an investment in me keeping the show on the road for a long time, me not burning out, me being really great on Monday, then it's just an easier bargain to make with yourself. Well, let me ask you, because I know that <clears throat> there's a bunch of uh, companies that we you mentioned in your introduction. Like, do you find that this message is like, this is a great message for workers, right? For all of us to hear. But do you find that employers uh, lean into this? Because I can say, well, I'm not going to work from, you know, Friday to Sunday. I'm not going to check my emails. I'm not going to do that. Um, but are employers going to hold that against you? Because are there other people who are doing that? And, you know, if the employer holds that as, as some kind of value, um, you know, do you, do you find that, yeah, that employers are responsive to this philosophy? Like you will get more from your employees if you leave them alone and give them that downtime. I feel like you hear it more now than ever. But is it like genuinely accepted that people are encouraging their employees to not do that? You, so you feel like employers are getting more tuned into the idea of mental health and work-life balance and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, more yeah. than ever, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there are some companies that are like, hey, um, you know, I, I just feel like I read the news and you'll hear people say or you'll see an article where like, I lost my mom or something happened and I come to work because I think I need to just keep busy and just distract myself. And they're yeah. like, you need to go home, take some time and, and things will be okay here. Like go take care of yourself. You, you, I feel like we're starting to hear more of that, but. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, I want to, let me come back to that specific thing in a second. Cause um, there's something, something important I want to say about it, but I think the, um, in terms of like clients and what I see, I mean, there are, there are clients I've worked with who will literally turn off um, the email servers, right? So um, Volkswagen in Europe is one of those ones where at 6 p.m. they turn off the email server and then no one can send emails because they know that over time if people are, you know, and also if you're a boss, right, and you send an email out to 20 people um, late in the evening, you've really got to think about what's the expectation you're now setting for those 20 people? And Often, if you've been a boss for a long time, you forget that there is a massive power dynamic going on um, in that someone feels really obligated to get back to you. Um, so I think companies, so many companies are getting more wise into that in terms of their policies. Um, and also, I think when I'm talking to businesses about things like getting enough rest and like making sure that you take time for your mental health and like meditation and like all this kind of stuff, you know, I think so many companies are they know that they're so far from where they'd really like to be that if I give them that message, you know, and people take on 5% of it, like there's no danger that people are going to take that message so much to heart that they don't get their work done yeah, because yeah. they're so far away from, from, you know, from that way of working. 
So I never really come across any um, backlash to it, really. Um, I mean, and of, and of course, you know, the other thing is the other side of it is true where there will always be the time in the year where you're running the one big event or you've got the one big product right. launch or whatever, yeah. where people are going to work some evenings and people are going to work up. It's about what do you do, you know, to recover from that? Or what do you do to make sure that that's sustainable? What do you do to make sure that, you know, you, you can work in a way where there, there's kind of like the rough with the smooth or the zig with the zag? And so I think that's a really important thing. The other thing I wanted to mention just around, um, you know, when people have problems at home, people being ill, you know, um, those kind of personal life crises and how they affect work. So in my business, we had like a spate of it where it just felt like we were the cursed business. Like everybody was having these, you know, just horrendous personal life issues, um, you know, bereavement, sickness, like all this really horrible stuff happening to you know, quite a small team of people. And we kind of thought for a little while, like maybe we're cursed. Um, and then we realized, oh no, that's just life. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Buddhist thing of life is suffering. Um, but I think um, what what that period sort of taught us is we started to really reevaluate like how we dealt with those things. So we had some people who um, we had two people had to go into hospital and have operations and our company policy was saying one thing and we were like, actually, we just need to give people more time and let them recover at home and just, you know, just almost like reverse engineer it. Like, what would I have wanted my employer to be like if I was in that situation? Yeah. And I came up with this little phrase and the phrase was people first, work second, always. And so whenever someone has one of those kind of instances at work now where, you know, um, a family members are really sick or they're really sick or like the pets died or like whatever the thing is. Um, I always use that little phrase, people first, work second, always in the way I respond. Um, and often I'll, I'll literally, you know, quote it. Um, but always is the most important word in, in that little phrase, because always means we hold ourselves to that level of accountability and that kind of standard yeah. Even if we might be on a massive deadline, it might be the biggest thing in our work. It, it's always, there's no exceptions. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is it says there's, it's always somebody's always. So there's always somebody in your team. There's always somebody in your friendship network. There's always somebody in your organization who is going through something that you don't know about. Yeah. And almost like as a manager or as a colleague, like your job is to scan the horizons and look for that stuff. Yeah. And so when you look at it in that way, um, it becomes you know, quite a high standard, but it's a high standard of kindness. So my my next book is actually called Kind. It comes out in October um, this year, and it's all about kindness at work. So that's that's kind of what I've been obsessing over over the last year or so. Um, and there's a lot more to it than than just that that phrase. But that phrase was like a really important starting point for me in um, yeah. in really starting to to talk to companies about kindness and what does that how how does that manifest and also how does kindness drive really great performance too because it does. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you're saying this because uh, I think we have something similar, but we have a different phrase. Do you want to know what our phrase is? Yeah, go for it. So then I can translate it and change it when the book comes out in the States. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you want to change it. <laughs> um, so so we have like you, we're a small team. There's probably mm. six of us uh, on the team. And I built my team uh, over probably the. 20 years. Um, and, um, and most of my workforce when I started were stay at home moms and dads. So they were, they were people that had little kids 
um, but were great employees, but they couldn't get work full time because they had to pick up their kids. So they dropped their kids off. So you had to be at work whenever you got done from dropping your kid off. <laughs> like it wasn't like you have to be here by nine. I was like, show up after you drop kids off. And then they'd stay until they have to go pick their kids up. So everybody worked from like 845 ish to like one. And they were like, I got to go. And my philosophy was like, I would rather have people who really want to be here. Like these were people who were at home, didn't have a social network. They were like, I'm excited to see people. I'm excited. Ah, we lost him. Um, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll vamp until he can get back. Um, But uh, that's why freelancing was on my, I know Fiana, I love having a flexible schedule. Um, And okay, here he is. All right, Graham, we're back. So, um, so it's pretty flexible schedule and our philosophy is like, I don't care if you get it done now, but if you could get it done by the end of the day, even if the end of your day is midnight, I don't care. Right. Like, yeah. And everybody is, was so like happy to have that flexibility that they were like, oh, it'll be done by midnight. And I knew I was like, these bitches aren't going to go to bed until this stuff is done. <laughs> Um, and it, and so it was funny because when Michelle started with us, Michelle actually just started with us. It's just in the last year. And, you know, we know that this is our culture. We know that we're like, whatever, you know what things happen. Yeah. And so Michelle, something had, was due I don't, in her mind. She was like, this has to be done. And so she called me and she was upset and she was like, I didn't get this done. And I had this, nah, 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 nah. she was kind of just having this breakdown. And I was like, Michelle, Michelle, this, this, whatever, just whatever. Like we had, we set goals. Um, but normally I set goals like way before I actually need them done to have that flexibility. There are times where I'm like, this actually needs to get done right now. But I was like, I was like, so I said to her, she, she was so upset because she's such a good worker and she's so dedicated. And I just kept saying to her, I said, Michelle, we're not a real company. <laughs> That's our phrase. Our phrase is, we're not a real company. We're not surgeons. No one's going to die. We're not helping <laughs> children. We're not a real company. So like, just do it when you can. Like, this is all new. Like to us, everything we, and I'm sure it's the same with you. Like there, we're, we're not a real company in that we don't have to have certain productivity goals. We have them, but we don't have such a strict guideline. And we do make a lot of stuff up as we go and we learn things. And so um, it, but I also feel like that we're all really close because I think having that type of uh, work life understanding is that there's got to be some honesty um, in where you are. I feel like a lot of us put a front on, like everything's fine. I have it. I'll take care of it. I'm like, please, if you got stuff, just say, I, I'll, cause yeah. my whole show is me going into the universe going, you guys are, no, I've had a crack jacket on and just putting everything out there and saying, I was not allowed to eat with my hands yesterday. And it was very difficult. Um, <laughs> so, but I also feel like we're also a really close company and there is just, you know, kindness is such a big part. And I do feel like I have three kids, Graham. And I remember, you know, with three kids, one mom and the world to, to move through, um, inevitably, uh, somebody would have a breakdown. And I remember one day, two of my kids were having a breakdown at the same time. And, uh, it doesn't happen often, but like full bad days. And I remember looking at like Dean, Jacqueline has started having a breakdown. I looked at Dean, he was starting to have a breakdown and I looked at him. I go, you know what? 
I hear that you're upset, but Jacqueline is having a breakdown right now. So if you can hold your breakdown until tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I can do that. I was like, it'll be your day. We have one breakdown a day. It's not your day. And he was like, that's fine. I can have it tomorrow. And I was like, it just, it was so funny that he was like, oh, I mean, if you can still let me have it. I was like, oh, you're definitely going to have it. It's your breakdown. <laughs> but it was just this acknowledgement that like everybody has breakdowns. I already have one. Um, you can have yours tomorrow. He's like, I want tomorrow. I was like, fine. Um, but it was just that management of it. Like that idea that me as a person can only handle this problem right now. Um, but just managing. I think it's great that you just talk about the management of those things and not hiding them and not trying yeah. to, you know, uh, feel bad. Because I do. I feel as as a, as the owner of my company, I, I have a lot of guilt. I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And, and I have to tell myself, I have to give myself that leeway as well. So, yeah. So, and, you know, it's like... If you want to name your book, We're Not a Real Company, I'm okay with that. I'll just say it now. <laughs> but I don't know if you'll sell any books. <laughs> but I, I also use the phrase, um, uh, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like really overwhelmed, I'll often use the phrase, well, no one's going to die. Yeah. You know, which is a similar sort of thing, isn't it? Just this sense of like, just let's get some perspective. And, and that's not to be unambitious. But again, it's often where people are in terms of like their fear or their guilt or like their neuroses about stuff is that people are taking it so much more seriously than they need to that you giving them that disarming uh, sort of thing with it by taking a step back and saying hey like no one's going to die or the other one I do sometimes is um, just to say to people just zoom out from where you are so you, you sat at your desk and you're you know you're panicking whatever just zoom out and it's just like a person typing on the keyboard and then zoom out and it's like your neighborhood zoom out and it's your city zoom out and it's your country and then you zoom out even further and you're just floating in space on a, in a little kind of uh, ball of dust and stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, it's very easy to um, just get a bit more perspective and just be a bit less worried about the, the full stops and the commas on the thing that you're just writing or whatever. So I think sometimes just get, giving that like perspective of just kind of zooming out, um, you know, people, people are generally diligent and they want to do good stuff and then people yeah. are not lazy and so like treating people that way and treating people with respect rather than what I see often, which is, you know, the assumption is this person's a uh, skiver and they're lazy and they don't want to work. Like, I just think that's true of so few people. Um, and you have to, you do have to recruit people with good attitudes and you have to have that starting point. This is a group of people that want to succeed and do well in whatever it is that they're doing. But I just think, you know, my experience is so I work in all kinds of different industries. Most people want that. Most people want to do a good job and they want to do well. And I think, you know, people are generally um, motivated and good in the work that they do. So yeah. if you start from that point with just adding in a bit of respect and kindness, yeah. then I just think it, it goes a long way to re reducing stress. And in, even in the book, I'm talking a lot in this new book about how kindness uh, breeds trust and and trust and empathy and trust and empathy um help you get to a place of psychological safety mm. and when you have psychological safety everything good happens right so you have higher productivity you have higher creativity you have better problem solving you have better whistleblowing if there are potential accidents like all these things happen when people feel psychologically safe which is to say they feel able to to, to stand up and take an interpersonal risk and raise an issue and so you know so from that, we get better ideas and better productivity and all this other amazing stuff, you know. 
So all of this makes sense. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we just need to hear it, right? Because a lot of the things you're saying, we don't hear at work. We hear this has to be done. This has to be done. Yeah. And you're going to get evaluated. I hate when I, we don't have evaluations, but I'd like to write one up about Michelle. But, um, you know, when people say we have these evaluations we have to do, and I get it in terms of accountability, uh, but it just seems so ominous when people are like, I have to do that, you know, uh, and, and so much of that, I feel like, is connected to your productivity that we traditionally think. Um, but Tanya just said, what about people with anxiety? How do you, what are your, you know, tips for them? Because I feel like while your company might say to you exactly what you said, we want you to feel comfortable, we want you to feel safe. Um, but if your own brain is working against you, like what yeah. are some things with people with anxiety can can be doing well i mean i think ultimately a lot of anxiety comes from uh well you could say it comes from information overload but really it comes from opportunity overload um or or the the worry of missed opportunity overload right so if you've got 100 things in your inbox um or 100 paper notes that you've made in meetings or whatever then you just look at that and you just go, oh, I'm just overloaded. There's loads of stuff. If I drill down into any one of those things, there's probably a load of other stuff. And so it's very easy to start getting anxious from that position. So, you know, a really important part of the process that I talk about in Productivity Ninja is get all the stuff that you're working on, get it out of your head first, um, and then start to, to work, to ask yourself some good questions about it, basically, which is what organizing is. Organizing is just asking yourself good questions about potential commitments. And then once you do that, you start to have a really good sense of here are the, the actions that I need to take, here are the projects that, I, that that relates to. And it's like once you can kind of see, once you can take that step back and almost like see the wood from the trees, then it's much easier to, to have the opposite of that stress and anxiety, which is a playful momentum to the work that you're doing. So cool, I've got this to do, I've got that to do. And it's back to your dopamine thing, right? Of like, I've got a list, I'm gonna tick things off, I'm gonna feel really good about doing yeah. that. But you can do that much more easily and be in that kind of state where like once you've done the thinking around everything mm. so that you're not anxious anymore. So anxiety almost needs to sort of play itself out by you like scenario planning and saying, well, what happens if this does go wrong? Okay, well, this is how it goes right. And this is how this one goes right. And like, you you know, figure those things out. Same with things like emails and Teams messages and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, just going through those and just working out what are the actions that I might need to do from those, you know, really starts you to get to a place where, um, you know, you can kind of see in perspective what you can do next. And you can only do one thing next, right? Multitasking is a myth. You can only do one thing next. So really the trick is, do I know that the thing I'm doing next is the thing I need to be doing? And I'm not leaving something that's, you know, really crucial that in a week I'm going to step on a landmine or or not uncover the gold mine because I've left it in my inbox. So it's really just about putting that extra thought into things yeah. and, you know, getting all the, the ideas that you have in your head out of your head so that you can just yeah. make that good decision of like, what's next? Putting together a plan, because I feel like it is, I feel like we're just reacting instead of just sitting down and taking the time. So um, so Michelle has put the links in to uh, Graham's book, How to Be a Productivity Ninja. So check that out. Um, Michelle had written a note, what about uh, working from home or stay at home parents? Like, do you have suggestions for them when it comes to all of this? Because that's like another layer. Yeah, so I work from home um, almost full time. 
um as in you know i'm on the road a little bit but most most of my work days are, are here in my shed at the bottom of my garden here um and so i think there's a couple of things that are really um useful for me one is if you can have a designated space that is not part of the rest of the house mm. so mine is literally like i walk down the garden and that separation it's only a you know 20 second walk but just having that mental separation and you can do that obviously with a room or with a corner of a room uh, but just some kind of place where you can have a, a designated work set up um, that also, you, crucially, you can close the door on mm. at the end of the day. So it kind of works both ways. I think that's really important. Um, I think the other thing for me is I do a lot of batch cooking. Um, so I'm a vegetarian, but I'll do like a, a veggie chili um, mm. or I'll do a, a sort of Thai red curry or something like that. And then I'll batch cook that and, and put those in the freezer and I'll have like 20 of them, or whatever, mm. so that when I want to get my my lunchtime meal or whatever, it's just like a, you know, two minutes in the microwave or two minutes on the hob or whatever. So you're not getting drawn into that whole like, well, I'm in the kitchen. I may as well put the washing on. Oh, that's happening over there. I may as well tidy up. And suddenly like an hour and a half's gone, which, you know, does happen. I like that does happen to me. Yeah. Um, but I do I do feel like if, if you can just make those those kind of maintenance tasks like the lunch or, you know, getting drinks, or whatever, just making that as simple as possible um, is a really good way to kind of avoid the distractions. It's and also a- sometimes having like people here so um my assistant emily's here like two days a week so that's my accountability to like make sure i'm in the office early and you know be there the whole day and all that sort of yeah it's so funny all the things you're saying because we do i just started i made like 15 chicken cutlets the other day and i was like this is lunch for the week like i just yeah and so that i do because i and i do i there's so many videos on the internet of women saying oh i'm just i I have some work to do. Let me just do these dishes. Oh, but in here, I forgot I got to do this. And then, and then the day's gone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. To do it. Um, so I wrote another book, which is called How to Have the Energy. Okay. And it's all about basically how to eat to have like the best mental health, the best brain power for work. Mm. Um, so just like, what does your brain need? And how can you do that if you're busy? Mm. Um, and so batch cooking is definitely like one of the uh, principles in that book. Um, we also talk about next overs. So the idea that if you're making your dinner in the evening for like a family of four, just consciously make six or eight so that, you know, then it's not like a massive batch, but it's just like you've got the next day's meal done. So just always have that idea of next overs mm-hmm. in your head mm-hmm. um, and just and there's lots of other little sort of tips and tricks in there. Um, it's called How to Have the Energy. And I wrote it with a nutritionist because I'm not I'm not a nutritionist, um, but I, I wrote it in collaboration with um, Colette Hennigan, who's a, a leading nutritionist here. And um, yeah, like it's had amazing feedback because it's like, you know, like it's one of these common cliches, isn't it? It's like, you know, I really want to eat well. I really want to eat healthily. But at the same time, I'm so busy. So it's just going to go out the window. And actually what Colette talks about a lot is the idea that, you know, you eat good food when you've got good food in your fridge. So do a really good shop one time and then you've just got the best options available to you. Like, so she will have she'll be on planes and she's got a little bag of almonds and, you know, she's got all the stuff that's uh, slightly healthier than what you were sharing uh, just before we started. It. <laughs> what? Is um, she allowed like, to use her hands though, Graham? Because that's weird. Do you know, I've never, I've never heard this before that you, why can't you eat with your hands on a plane? So is it because there's germs being yeah. circulated? Is that the. Yeah. Michelle's a bit of a germaphobe. <laughs> so my mom and I have a cooking show and because they're the same person, my mom makes something like, no, what she called no touch chicken she doesn't like to touch chicken so she just okay. 
tongs and she'll like put it in an egg drench and put it into another drench and then put it in the, so you never touch it because she's so funny. So it's no touch chicken, no touch snacks. It's the whole thing. I had never heard this thing about planes and, um, and the germs on planes. Cause I would have thought when the plane stops, don't they, um, don't they have to sort of uh, wipe all the oh, seats down before adorable. the next one? You're no? Adorable. You're adorable, Graham. America's <laughs> disgusting crap hole. <laughs> um, all right. Last I think Airways does that. Uh, tips on how to be more productive using phone apps. Is that a thing? You can be more productive. Oh, yeah. What? So, okay. So there's two. I want to I tackle this from two very opposite angles. Um, one is to say your, your phone, phone can be really helpful. Okay. Um, and there are some apps that can help you. So the one that I run my life on is called Todoist. Because this is the question, like whenever I start talking about productivity, people always, um, uh, people in the comments saying they don't they don't wipe it down that well, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> Graham, we don't um, know where you live, but no, we're disgusting. Yeah, so the, the app that really helps me is called Todoist. So um, T-O-D-O-I-S-T, um, Todoist. And that is basically a very souped up to-do list app. Um, there are other ones that are available. Um, Microsoft actually has a, a similar one within the Microsoft Outlook world called just Microsoft To Do. That's worth checking out. Um, there's another really good one called Remember the Milk, which is good, and it's one called Nosby. So they all do basically the same thing, and you basically just pick the one that has the best, you know, user interface that you just kind of like the best. But Todoist for me, I think, is the, the best one. Um, so that is a really good way that if I'm having ideas, if I'm you know, uh, like sat, like sat on a train or like just, you know, sat around with nothing to do. I can just have a quick look through and just work out like, hey, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? And also if I have new ideas, I can just capture them really quickly and get them into there. Um, so they're not in my head. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's a really good, um, very healthy, um, use of a phone app. The problem with phones is, so I, mean, I watched this thing a little while ago. It was um, the, the chess player, uh, Gary Kasparov, um, who was like one of the grandmasters of chess in like the 1990s. Um, he was very famous for, he was the first person that the, um, he was a grandmaster that the uh, the IBM computer beat him. And he was like completely flummoxed by this. Um, so he's like a, a sort of famous name in chess, but he had this interview where he said that he was really sad that in the 1990s um, and 2000s, when he would go to universities in Russia and he would do talks, um, all the best people, all the brightest brains in these universities, they all wanted to go and work for NASA. They wanted to go and work for the Russian, you know, space station or whatever, and basically put people on the moon and like have these amazing human achievements. And so all the brightest minds in the world wanted to do that. And he said, he's really sad because when you ask those same people in universities now, where do they want to be? They want to be Facebook, google they want to work for tech companies and the brightest minds on the planet their job is to steal a little bit more of your attention mm. and how do they do that is through phones right so they're advertising all the time every time you click on google you know you're getting those little um ad adverts the instagram thing like i'm sure some of you've seen the um what's that thing on netflix that was the um sort of anti-social uh, media thing a couple of years ago. I can't remember the name of it. But basically the idea is like in the moment as you search for stuff, there is a bidding war for your attention. There's oh, a bidding yeah. War for yeah, no, I remember that, Doc. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Because yeah. it's, so, you know, every time you push down on Facebook, it, it repopulates. With, you're like, oh, exactly. 
process. Yeah, I remember that. Exactly. So the brightest minds in the world, their job is to steal your attention and as much of it as possible because it is monetizable. And that's the game, right? So when you know that, then you have to really question the strategy being the best way for me to get good work done and not be distracted by my phone is through willpower. That's just a really bad strategy, right? Like, so when you, re- when you understand that the best minds in the world, that's their job. Um, so there's a really good app that I use called Freedom. And what Freedom does essentially is it blocks, uh, it blocks Instagram, it blocks Twitter, it blocks WhatsApp, like all the things that distract you. It blocks you for the time period that you want it to block it for. So you almost have like a locked phone. You can still use it as a phone to call your mum. You can actually still see and go in and look at at WhatsApp, but it won't come back and and ping at you. Um, So you can just have it set up in such a way that basically it becomes just a like your smartphone becomes a dumb phone for like those hours of the day. So that's an app called Freedom. Um, There are some other ones that are um, that will do a similar job. There's one called Minimalist Phone, which will do the same kind of thing. Um, There's also another one I really like called Forest. So Forest is a little bit different. So the problem that Forest solves is, you know, when you're sat and you you, you want to be typing away on your laptop and, and concentrating and doing something important and it gets a little bit hard. And so a little bit of your brain goes, eh, let me just go over there and look at my phone. It's like more interesting. Right. So when you have that thought, uh, that's the thing that Forest is trying to solve. So what you do is you set at the beginning of that time period where you're going to sit and work, you set on, on the Forest app, I'm going to grow a tree on the screen. It's going to take half an hour. So in that half an hour, the tree grows on the screen in forests. And so any of that time in that half an hour, if you go to your phone and pick it up and take it off the forest app to go and look at Instagram, the tree dies. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just the tiniest, tiniest piece of positive psychology that basically says, I am not going to look at my phone. I am going to, you know, really focus for this period of time. So forest is a nice little app. Um, that does just that one thing. Um, but yeah, freedom is like, freedom is the app that really kind of keeps me um, on the right lines and stops me falling off the rails. And anyone who thinks, no, I'll just be really good and use willpower, like just that's the yeah. wrong strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get one thing from today, like please stop tr- trusting your own willpower in those yeah. situations. Don't stop yeah. killing the tree. Oh, yeah. and by the way, someone's saying about the guilt of killing the tree. So the for- the people who make forests, they also they uh, donate money from the revenue of the app to climate projects. Aww. So basically, when you go off the off the screen, you can have genuine climate guilt that like trees are not being <laughs> trees are not being uh, planted because of your procrastination. So like if you really want that extra layer, <laughs> it's so funny. So so listen, it's so funny. Everybody's mentioning rubbish. All of your uh, English words, flummox, my mom. Um, we did I use is, people are uh, discussing the word bollocks in the chat? Did I use that word already? Yes. Did I? <laughs> Sorry. We love it. We love That's it. A a rude word. Fun, Graham. Well, Graham, this has been amazing. <laughs> <coughs> when did you say the next book is coming out? Kind. So, Kind uh, comes out in the UK in October um, of this year. It's with Bloomsbury, so it's with um, it's with Harry Potter and its people. Um, oh. And I think it comes out about a month later with Bloomsbury in the US. I think it's I think it's uh, November this year. All right. Well, um, we'd love to have you back and hear more about that. Um, yeah, I'll come and come and chat to you about it. Um, and if you want to keep in touch with what I'm doing, um, if you go to grahamalcott.com forward slash links, that just has all the links to like everything I'm doing. So all the different books, my company, Think Productive, the new book, Kind. And also have like this um, 
this a Sunday email list where basically I send out one positive or productive thing for the week ahead um, every Sunday at 4 p.m. UK time. Um, so it's just just something to set you up for the week so that on Monday morning you can open your inbox and just have something useful to to think about. So if you want to sign up for that, that's on the links thing as well. So yeah, there's, someone's just put it in the chat. Yeah. There. Thank you. Um, put in one the funny link. mother and yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle put in the links for that. She also put in uh, links to the Forest app. So if you'd like to look into that as well. So Graham, thank you so much for joining us. This was so Pleasure. wonderful. Um, and are you going to send my crack jacket through the post, yeah? I will, I will see about putting a crack jacket to you. They're kind of hard to come by, so it might, it might take a little bit, but you're going to love it. Uh, so thank you again, Graham. It was such a pleasure. We will look forward to Pleasure. Hi, right. everyone. Oh my goodness. Look, look how pretty it is now. It was so dark when we started the show. Um, all right. Michelle did a good job to give her props for it. Um, but, uh, hopefully you got something from that. Um, I think it's really great to hear, uh, someone who has spent so much time and dedication to, um, just kind of resetting your brain in terms of what's driving you. Uh, and maybe you needed to hear this today about just reset. Um, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe the goal isn't to have so many goals and just, uh, maybe have some more boundaries for yourself and grow a tree. So I really like that app. Um, so, uh, yep. So we'll be back. Oh, I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. I will have a look at all of the times that I have been able to research okay. that Dina has worn the green okay. shirt. So you don't want to miss this, folks, because <laughs> Dina says, I don't, okay. I don't ever. We're going to be making some changes shirt. to staffing here at One Funny Mother by tomorrow morning. So, uh, all right, everybody. Well, I hope you had a great one. Uh, those of us on the West Coast worked really hard to be here. Um, so you can thank all of us. Um, but that's it. Uh, like, um, Judy from Saskatoon says, uh, do something nice for yourself, grow a tree, get the far step, uh, or for others today and, uh, look forward. We'll see what kind of trouble we can get into today with my crack jacket. And, um, and that's it. So, uh, have a great day and a blessed day. And thanks for watching as always. And we'll see you soon. I'll see you. Bye. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more One Funny Mother content. Okay, alright. Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg! Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning. Boop, boop. <laughs>